we ended up last week getting to something very important for every Christian. Every disciple of Christ is going to have to learn how to pursue spiritual things and then ask God for spiritual things and then receive those spiritual things until your life changes spiritually. Amen. Then you'll start living the good life. Living the good life doesn't mean that you got a new refrigerator finally and that the air condition didn't break this summer. That's not the good life. That's just extra sprinkles on top of the whipped cream on top of the real good stuff. Okay, so yes, God will answer all of the, the natural things you need in life, but real joy and happiness comes from the spiritual things, comes from the inside. Prospering begins not on the outside bank account, prospering begins on the inside. You're gonna have to pursue right things. You're gonna have to be delighted in spiritual matters. And so you're gonna have to start praying some spiritual prayers. You're going to have to put some effort into receiving some things that you didn't even know you needed. You know you need a refrigerator and an air conditioner and all these basic necessities. You didn't know that you needed the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Ephesians 1. That's why. So, so last week we determined we got to pray these prayers for ourselves that you would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. I want my understanding to be enlightened that I would know the hope of his calling me. I need to know the hope of his calling me. Whatever that is, I need to know it. And then I would grow in wisdom and in all spiritual understanding. To, have with, to grow in wisdom and spiritual understanding. What is that? I don't know, but it's in there. I need it. So pray those prayers, Ephesians 1, Philippians 1, Colossians 1, and see yourself grow in Christ. Pray them every day. Everybody pray them every, every day this week. How many of you prayed them every day this week? All right, do it all, all month long. Every day, maybe twice a day, all month long. See what happens. See what happens. How would you know? You'll know. How would you know if it works? Nah, you'll know in here. The spirit stuff, you'll know it. Amen? So let's continue on a little bit in this because you, you, you're going to have to connect some dots. You're going to have to apply some scripture. Okay, Philippians, I mean, uh, Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are saved or being saved, it is the power of God. The cross is the power of God. The cross is the power of God. So you need to know the cross, and if you do, you'll know the power. The cross is the power of God. The message of the cross, the preaching of the cross, this gospel good news is the power. Amen. So when it's preached, don't let it tickle your ears, let it give you power. Amen. When you think of it, don't think how cute that was, let's sing a song. Think, what can this do in my life to give me power? Then I'll sing my song. Make sure you tie the power of God to the word preached. It'll change you. It'll change your character, your personality. It'll change your behavior, change your attitude, change your heart. It'll change your mind. And it'll change your circumstances. That's right. The gospel is the power of God. Amen. <clears throat> Verse 21, for since, the wisdom, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Yeah, it might look a little silly having to come to church a couple times a week and hear somebody talk. But if you know what it is, you know it's more than a talk. If you know what it is, you know it's the gift of God that came from heaven through the Holy Ghost to make sure that you can grow in this earth life. For the Jews request a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. And the Catholics, no, I'm, okay, we won't pick on the Catholics. Let's pick on the, and the Charismatics. And the Pentecostals, everybody has their thing. <clears throat> Verse 23, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Notice that we preach Christ crucified. To us, it's the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ crucified is the power of God and the wisdom of God. That's why when we go out to the park, when, when, the, 
when the groups go out to the city, when you go to your coworkers and tell them a gospel truth about Christ, there's power there. Every time you say the truth, there he is. There he is ready to do something for somebody. Christ in you, the power of God is present when you say something. And if you'll believe that, you'll get more people uh, enlightened. You'll, you'll teach more and you'll cause more to receive Christ. If you'll go with confidence, I'm about to say a scripture. Watch what happens here. People will either get glad or mad, but it's going to do something in this room. Hallelujah. I think uh, one of the, I think a bunch of people got saved at a funeral is where that one of those numbers came from, that 107, a lot of people at a funeral got saved because somebody boldly declared the power of God, the gospel of God. Amen. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. All right. So, uh, Christ is what? The power of God and the wisdom of God, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Today, I want to connect the two. Because the wisdom of God and the power of God really kind of go together. And you'll see that uh, you know, Solomon had lots of Proverbs that help our natural life and show us how to live right. Uh, but then the New Testament opens up, flips the page. It's like, wait, there's other stuff to know. Solomon didn't explain how the power of God works. New Testament does. Solomon didn't explain faith toward God and how it connects us to the power. Solomon didn't explain the gifts of the Spirit. Only the New Testament does. Make sense? So we need to connect the dots here because the wisdom of God will help you become very self-aware in a spiritual sense. Self-awareness would be part of the wisdom of God. Now let's read, let me skip to chapter two here. Um, verse four, Paul saying this, he said, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. What would that mean? Well, uh, you can kind of see pretty clearly what that would mean. It goes against, nat goes against worldly wisdom for sure. Worldly wisdom says a lot of stuff like it even says, don't, don't uh, spend your time on religion. <laughs> That would be worldly wisdom. But then it could also be over that your faith not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God uh, to help us put our reliance on real power. Put your reliance on the real power of God, not just in man's wisdom or a uh, perfect sermon or a cute quote. You won't find much faith in a cute quote. So a lot of the wow, 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 that was good. Wow, that was good. Well, if it's in your heart and you're applying it, it's good. But it comes from a truth. Poetic or rhyming quotes don't do enough unless the truth is in your heart. They may help you remember the truth, but don't put too much esteem on a cute rhyme. Wisdom, the spiritual wisdom helps you recognize uh, true value of things so that you don't overemphasize wrong things, so that you make sure you really grasp right things. Somebody uh, recently said, uh, hey, pastor, I, I quoted something from your book, but I didn't give you credit for it. My thought was, no problem. If it's in your heart, you don't need to quote somebody. But if it's not in your heart, you ought to. If it's not in your heart, it ain't yours. But if it's in your heart, you can quote it. Actually, if it's not in your heart, I wouldn't quote it. Why are you quoting it if it's not in your heart? Just to be cute. But if it's in your heart, you can say it, it's yours. Revelation needs to be in your heart before it's gonna impact people. And one of our training when we train ministers is, listen, uh, don't preach from your head. Preach only what you practice. Not practice what you preach, even though there's a place for that. Preach only what you practice. Preach only what you know. Don't preach it or teach it until you know it. 
don't just regurgitate it from somebody else. It won't have impact on people. This is how you, wisdom, spiritual wisdom says, wait a second, this stuff's in the spirit. This is highly spiritual matters here. And God's not going to let us uh, skirt reality. What, what people think of you, uh, how people think of your spiritual maturity uh, is not going to be skirted by faking them out. Like that's not going to overcome where you're really at spiritually. So don't worry about what people are thinking. Don't do it for them. Don't say it for them. Don't act like it. Don't, don't present yourself falsely to people. That's ridiculous. That's the wisdom of men. The, the wisdom of men says, uh, if I just present myself this way, people will think of me that way. Not, not real people, not spiritual people, certainly not God and not even you. Now you're living a fake life. Okay, I'm going to get off that. I, don't, I didn't mean to get on that. But spiritual wisdom will take you pretty deep to where you, you, you're never going to do it. You're always going to uh, be honest. Spiritual wisdom helps you discern that an honest life is the only life. Wisdom actually uh, uh, is synonymous with discernment. To be wise means you have a, a discerning heart. To be wise means I can tell the difference between good and evil. I can see what's right and what's real. So that's what discernment is. Discernment uh, and wisdom, everyone can have discernment and wisdom. Did you know that? Every one of us can have. So when you say, God, give me the spirit of wisdom, you're asking him for discernment, spiritual discernment. To be able to understand things and discern. Try the difference. See what's right and real. Examine. That's wisdom. That's discernment. And so don't think, well, I have the gift of discernment. There's no such thing. No such thing as the gift of discernment in the Bible. No such thing. If you have good discernment, uh, that's called wisdom. It doesn't mean that you have some special gift that other people don't have. The gift is called the discerning of spirits. When you look at the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, it's the discerning of spirits manifestation that happens in a moment occasionally to help people detect angels and demons, particularly see demons and angels in order to help somebody, not just to create a movie, not just to go around saying, I saw this and I saw that, helping people, get people delivered, give people confidence, maybe yourself. That's the discerning of spirits manifestation or gift which no one has permanently, but many can have occasionally for a moment of service. Make sense? But everybody can have discernment and everybody can have wisdom. And if you lack wisdom, you're supposed to ask of God who gives to all men liberally and doesn't put you down for asking. So let's talk about connecting wisdom and power. If you're going to understand the power of God, you'll need spiritual wisdom. If you're going to get results when you pray, you're going to need wisdom. You're going to need wisdom. Uh, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll, we'll start with relationships. You need to be self-aware in your relationships and recognize that the love walk must uh, govern all relationships. So this Christ wisdom is love generated for all things. Okay? So there won't be any wisdom outside the love of God. Make sense? Meaning your relationships have to carry the love of God or you're not very wise. Meaning if you violate the love walk, your faith is going to suffer. Wisdom knows that. If you allow yourself to be offended, your faith suffers. You won't get the power turned on when you need it. And wisdom says, aha, don't you dare get offended. Don't you grudge. Don't you disrespect people. Don't get into pride. Wisdom says, wait a second, I got to be very careful at all times to stay humble. Or it'll disconnect the power. Wisdom to stay pure and honest. Wisdom says, you know, I need to just go ahead and admit what was true rather than cover myself up and, and trick people. Wisdom says, don't you dare do that. Be honest and pure. Only the pure in heart get to see God. See how wisdom keeps you safe. 
because it knows how to apply spiritual truth and recognizes you're not going to escape spiritual truth. You can't just make up your own principles and tiptoe around real principles. Wisdom knows that. The pure in heart see God. Your heart better be real, real, real pure. And you better walk in love. Hallelujah. And that helps you in your church life. Helps you in your church life. So when you disagree with something at church, be, wisdom says don't you dare say it to one person. You work it out in your own soul. Unless it's the pastors and leaders. You can go to the pastor or leaders and if you have, if you have something, a question on, sure, sure. Uh, but don't you be uh, causing dissension. Wisdom says don't, don't ever. You would never cause dissension. You would never gossip. You would never toss out little questions that cause taint or dirt in a church. Amen. Or work or any, any group you're part of. If you're on a team... I never got to coach any uh, sports teams, but I was a, a player. And now I look back, it's like, man, man, teams could be so much better if the coach would train the kids how to not be ornery and wrong in all that they do. I mean, dissension is, is very subtle. It can be very subtle. Uh, I mean, Jezebel drops seeds of discord very cunningly very cunningly, almost where, where a non-spiritual person or a, a person without too much wisdom would just miss it. Absalom draws people to him with great flattery, almost undetectable. Those are sure signs of no wisdom, devilish wisdom. Matter of fact, go to James chapter 3. James chapter 3, these things will zap you of real spiritual strength and power, disqualify you. Uh, James chapter 3, verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you, let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. Well, that's it. Did you know that was in the Bible? For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So there's some serious matter here regarding wisdom. Uh, and then there's a devilish wisdom that seems to know things. Uh, kind of subtly, secretly promote self, trying to draw attention to my own spiritual superiority. You can detect it. Spiritual people can detect it. Those who do have wisdom can detect when this is happening, but not everybody can. Uh, for instance, if the 12 disciples or the 11 disciples had had real spiritual wisdom, they would have detected that Judas was the troublemaker. The moment that he said, shouldn't have this been sold and given to the poor instead of wasted on Jesus? Wisdom detects he's got a problem. You would never say stuff like that. If you had honor toward the leader, honor toward the people, if you understood spiritual matters, you would never do that. So they should have known it was he that was going to dip his sop in the, in the wine. <laughs> Who's going to betray you? They should have known. But then again, they weren't born again. They weren't spiritually awake. They didn't, have the, they didn't have the equipment necessary to really pick up on things. You and I should. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Uh, spiritual wisdom will, will help you know when to use the power. When to use the power. When to use natural means. And when to use the wisdom of God. Like, spiritual wisdom, or we can say wisdom helps you recognize that uh, if it's concerning brushing your teeth, don't try to use your faith. <laughs> Just agree with me that I'm going to have clean teeth. No, you use natural. Wisdom says, go ahead and just brush your teeth. 
just get the thing done. You don't have to over-spiritualize everything in your life. Now, if you didn't have a toothbrush and toothpaste for a week, uh, spiritual wisdom says, ask God and trust God that he will keep your teeth free from bacteria so you don't lose them. There's a time to, see, there's a time to use faith and power and there's a time to be smart, right? Or, or just not be stupid. But then just the, just the opposite is true too. There's a time when you should be using the power of God in faith and not just automatically go to the natural means. There's a little bit of a balance in life. And some people say, well, you know, you got to have wisdom too. Well, I got faith in God. You got to have wisdom too. Well, um, the wisdom of man many times will uh, evict you right out of the faith of God. Make you feel so guilty for doing anything by faith, uh, but a wise person understands how to get the power of God. Amen. A wise person understands that there are answers that you need from God himself. So the wisdom of God allows you to hear from God in times of need. Before you go to the natural solution, before you freak out. Oh, what do we do, what do we do, what do we do? Well, first of all, chill out. Just chill out. Trust God. He has an answer for you. Uh, and if you need some power, he'll give you some power. There's power available to you. So wisdom says you don't ever need to freak out. I remember I was driving on the freeway one time and my, uh, my engine started ticking. And you know what that means? That means engine's almost gone. No oil, whatever. So I pull over. I'm thinking, oh, no, wrecker. Oh, no. What am I going to do? Oh, no. And then, then I heard the voice of God. I, I kind of just kind of gave, gave a little silence to the matter. And I thought, okay, Lord, what, 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 what? And I heard these words. He said, it's just loose. And I knew what he meant because I had gotten my oil changed the day before. And I knew what he meant. They had, they had not tightened the filter tight enough. That was, my, that was my thought. Sure enough, I got up under the car, the filter was loose. So I didn't have to freak out, didn't have to call the record, didn't have to, you know, start believing God for a new engine. And, and as I'm under the car tightening up my filter, uh, a trucker pulls up behind me to offer help. And he had a bottle of oil in the, he had a quart of oil in it. So he got me to the station. Hallelujah. Just little simple things. Another time I was at a friend's house and it was in August in Tulsa. It's very hot. And the air condition went out in the house, which I was staying in for about a week. I'm thinking, I don't want to have no air conditioning all week. <laughs> no, we were just working to try to fix it. And, and I'm, I didn't know much about, you know, ACs. And I, I still don't know much about ACs. And uh, so I said, I said to my, my, myself, I said to the Lord, what, what do we do, Lord? What, what can we do? And he said, reset switch. I didn't even know there was such a thing. I asked my friend, I said, hey, is there a reset switch of some sort on these air conditions? He said, there is. And he went and pushed it and it turned the air condition on for the rest of the week. <laughs> little simple things, little simple things. Before you call the $300 repairman out to look, there's answers for us just in a simple way. <clears throat> Concerning all your financial obligations and all your, all your responsibilities and all the burden you're going to have to find a way to use wisdom. And wisdom, doesn't, wisdom knows not to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough trouble. Wisdom just needs to learn how to trust God today. Wisdom knows how to cast its care upon the Lord. Absolutely. And, and, and put all of your reliance on the Lord. We have to do that here at the church. All these years at the church, we've known for sure that, that the gospel is not about making money. So no gospel work or endeavor is designed so that I can get money. Amen. Nothing we do, no thought we have is how can we get money? Amen. We're not allowed to think that way. In the business world, you can think that way and be very profit driven in everything you do. In the church, it's let's spend it all driven. Uh -huh. We got the money, we got to spend it all to get to the next person and, and raise the next disciple. It's completely different in the kingdom. We have to, we have to operate properly. So no decision is made to make money or to not lose money. The way we do it is by the wisdom of God, by the will of God. And so just the difference in making sure you live your life that way, it would behoove you, even if you're in sales, to not be money driven. 
to not be thinking, how can I get another sale? How can I get another sale? The right thinking as you gain some real wisdom is, what, what can I do better to get this wonderful product to a customer? Just alter the way you think so that you're not looking at the money, the, 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 whatever the accountants call that, where that bottom thing is red and parenthesized. I'm, Praise the Lord. Uh, okay, let's move on to another one. Uh, wisdom will help you be self-aware of your own faith level. You've heard me say this many times. Our fight is the fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Okay? Lay hold on eternal life or whatever the thing is by faith you are trusting God for. So uh, by faith is how you do everything. You need to know if you're in faith or not. Wisdom, wisdom allows you to analyze yourself. It's an, it's an immature Christian who cannot be honest about where they're at in their own heart in trusting God. So I want you to know that, listen, as a believer in God, you know all things are possible. As a believer in God, you know that prayers are real and they get answered sometimes. As a, every single Christian prays to God for God to do things in their life. Have you ever noticed that a lot of Christians don't get many prayers answered? There's reasons for it, and wisdom allows you to know what the reasons are. Not for them, but for you. Why didn't my prayer, why was my prayer delayed? Why didn't it seem, why did it work this time? Wisdom allows you to do a, a faith assessment on your own life and admit if you're in faith or not. As we've pointed out before, many times Jesus uh, in the middle of a miracle or a non-miracle, Jesus pointed out his disciples' faith level. Right. Remember those times? Yep. Somebody would come trusting God and he would say, great is your faith. Ah, great faith. Another time he said, where is your faith? Right. Another time he said, oh, you of little faith. Another time he said, you who, you have no, how is it that you have no faith? And so when it comes to you, he's going to be saying those same, one of those categories is yours. When you're flailing around in the prayer closet, rehearsing all of your difficulty, worried to tears, busting at the seams, he's going to say, what is wrong with you? Why are you so worried? Where's your faith? You need to let him. Amen. Wisdom allows the Lord to uh, analyze his, his faith, their faith. Wisdom says, you know what? I can tell I'm too worried about this matter. Wisdom is able to pray and walk away from the prayer time knowing, hmm, you know what? I don't think I'm really trusting God enough. I detect a little bit of un uncertainty. Wisdom says, hmm, I got a little work to do. Well, what do you mean a little work to do? That means I, I need to stay a little longer. Pray in tongues a little bit longer. Praying in tongues will help resurrect your faith. Or it may be that you need to go read some scripture. Let me go remind myself a little bit longer about some things God has said so I can trust him fully. Now, there's been a big... Uh, a push, and, and part of it's very true, because there's many aspects to the faith life, uh, meaning I, I do need to build my faith by hearing the word of God. Yes, that's important. And I do need to confess scripture. Yes, that's important because it puts it into my heart. Right. Saying the truth out loud puts it into my heart so that I can really feel that I believe it and I can really believe it. And then the other aspect is at some point, you're going to have to learn how to rest. Faith has a rest to it. We who have believed do enter into rest. Once you truly believe, the next step is to feel like you're resting. In what? In a truth. Resting in the fact that God has heard my prayer. I know he's answered. I'm not concerned at all anymore. I'm chilled out. I'm going to go to the beach and that settles it. I'm done with my pursuit. I've got him. God's answered. I believed when I prayed and don't even talk to him about it anymore. You'll see it come to pass. 
Some people say that means you have to, to rest in the finished work of the cross is one way that we all kind of say it. Rest in the finished work of the cross. Stop trying to get something that the cross provided. Yes, that's an aspect. You need to learn how to rest in the finished work. You actually are healed by stripes. It's a past thing. Settle it and then rest and chill out about it. Okay? So there's an aspect of that, but then don't, don't apply that too soon before you've made the faith connection. So all these things that are, are, are matters of faith that we've taught for hours and hours and hours. So it's a lot of exciting Bible teaching and example and preaching that can help you understand this well. Wisdom is able to connect the dots. That's one reason why you need spiritual wisdom. We need to continue asking God for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So that when it comes to my life or those that I might be able to help, I understand how faith works. I'm not going to presume things. I'm not going to put my head in the sand and ignore things that I need to be addressing. That make sense? Wisdom knows when to not look at the circumstance. Wisdom also knows when I haven't dealt with it yet in faith, I better deal with it before I can ignore it. Wisdom knows whatever I do, I can't worry about it. So wisdom says, now stop worrying and start executing the faith life. Okay, so wisdom knows the difference, very aware, self-aware of where your faith is really at. Uh, I've described it this way, faith and power is like a destination you're looking for. How would you know if you ran smack dab into the faith and power of God? How would you know? You'll know. How would you know if you, get, if you got to the destination? How would you know? You'll know. And you'll know not because the report changed, not because the mirror changed. You'll know in your spirit first. A faith person knows in their spirit before the miracle happens. You know, a brand new Christian doesn't have a clue about how these things work. But as you learn, your faith walk needs to be looking for the destination of true confidence toward God. And you'll know it in your spirit. Wisdom knows. And if you haven't reached that place where you know, then you're not there yet. How do you know? Well, if you, if you have to ask, you're not there. Well, I think I'm believing God. I think I'm in faith. How would I know? Oh, you're not there yet. But I've been praying and praying and praying. I just don't know if God's going to answer it. You're not there yet. Amen. You, you've missed something. So you need a little more time. We need to read some scripture. You need to pray in tongues. You need to be looking for that destiny. There's a, there's a destination in there called I know for sure. Isn't that what it's called? I know for sure. There's a destination called I know for sure. Let's rejoice together. Praise the Lord. Uh, I I say this, uh, wisdom allows you to know where the miracle solution uh, competes with the natural solution. Make sense? Where does my miracle solution compete with my natural solution? Sometimes you can try both, but really more people lean on the natural 95% and add a little sprinkle of faith. They're, they're putting all their effort, 95% of it, into a natural solution, and then they're praying, oh God, please bless this. You can do that if you want to, but less, wisdom says, wait a second, I'm really trusting the natural. It's okay. It's okay if you do. Wisdom knows that you are. Uh, it's like this. Wisdom knows, wisdom knows if I'm, I got a headache. I know the power of God can heal me of headaches because I've had many instant miracles with headaches. But wisdom knows, I'm honest, the wisdom, of, the wisdom inside me knows 
if I'm already headed to the aspirin as I pray? Right? Let's be real about this stuff. Let's not be superficial and flaky. Go take five aspirin and say, praise the Lord, God healed me. Well, you sound dumb when you say stuff like that. Right? Come on. Yeah, but God made the aspirin. Then say that. Thank him for the aspirin. Thank him for the willow tree and the human ingenuity to use that for pain relief. Do that rather than God healed me. I'm serious. This, this stuff that's given Christianity a bad name and, and really ruined your faith too, messed you up. Don't, know, don't even know where to attribute the, the real effect from. So wisdom knows if, if I'm going to rely on the power of God. I mean, God already knows if I'm going to rely on him or if I'm going to go to the pill bottle. He already knows. So there's no reason to try to trick yourself. So there were, there were, there's many days where my first thought upon any kind of headache is absolutely not, absolutely not in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I refuse to take one. I re, uh, take a headache. I refuse to take a headache. That's just, I, I refuse it. I don't have time to mess with it. And I have had so many miracles that way. You've heard many of my stories, just little things where the, the headache instantly left upon quoting a scripture or worshiping God or commanding it so. Absolutely. There's been other times when I, I didn't even think about the power of God, ran straight to the aspirin and took some aspirin and was totally happy all day. Just, I, I don't have a, I'm not going to condemn myself for taking aspirin. Wisdom says, if you're going to do it, have faith in it. There's a scripture that says, whatever you do, do it in faith because whatever's done not in faith is a sin. So some people, some people feel guilty all the way to the aspirin bottle. And take the aspirin and feel so guilty because they didn't use their faith. I guess I have weak faith. Wisdom says, don't say that. Wisdom knows to not be confessing how weak your faith is. Well, I just know I just don't have strong faith, so I got to do. Don't do that. Just hush up and do it. You don't have to condemn yourself over the thing that you're allowing. Take your aspirin, hush up, get over it. So, so you're not in such a bad mood all day around people. You owe it to people around you to either take the aspirin or get the power of God to zap it. Do not walk around saying, I can't take the aspirin. I can't take the aspirin. I can't take the aspirin. Wisdom helps you not be Looney Tune Christian. Listen, you start bringing the power of God into a person's life and learning about the things of God and the things of faith. And if you don't do it right, and if you don't have spiritual wisdom, you will look like a Looney Tune. And you will sound like a, a loony tune to Mr. Tuttleball. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, go to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. So wisdom helps you apply scripture properly, okay? Uh, or apply a, a, a lesson you learn in church or any instruction or any kind of message. Wisdom helps you apply it into your own life. And so you've already done many, much of that. Uh, we're just trying to distinguish spiritual wisdom helps you do spiritual things. Like I would say, I think I said this before, but wisdom will help you understand the voice of God that's speaking to you. Wisdom allows you to know if it's God speaking or if it's your spirit speaking from the Holy Spirit, that's wonderful, or if it's the devil speaking, or if it's just your brain speaking. Wisdom helps you recognize, you know what, I heard this sentence, I wrote it down, but I, I, I think it really came more from me than it did from God. Wisdom allows you to say, okay, that's probably true. Don't, don't, don't hide from, from reality. Matthew chapter 9, let's see here, verse 27. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. And then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. Stop there. 
According to your faith, let it be to you. Okay, wisdom sees these passages, which there's a pattern of this. You'll see it throughout the Gospels. Um, that miracles that Jesus performed, he attributed to their faith. You see that? According to your faith. Even though he touched their eyes, even though they came to him, he said, according to your faith, be it to you. Not according to God's will, not according to God's power, not according to the Holy Spirit anointing that's upon me. He said, according to your faith, according to what you're believing, let it be to you. All right? This is a real foundational principle of faith. The things of God that are miraculous or powerful that happen in your life happen based upon or according to what you believe. Not believing in God. He's not saying that you believe in God. I'm so proud of you. According to your belief in God, let it be to you. No, he's saying according to your faith that I could do the miracle, be it to you. Do you believe I can do this? Yeah, we believe. According to what you believe, according to your faith, be it. So according to a person's belief, wisdom understands that's the key to the power of God. Okay? It's not hours of praying. It's not quantity of scripture quoted. It's not lifestyle behavior for six weeks in a row that's qualified me. It's your faith that qualifies you for the miracle working power of God. Wisdom understands this pretty clearly. You with me? So you need to know that it's according to something. You'll see that word according to in the scripture quite a bit. According to the law, according to what they said, according to what God wanted, according to the will of God, according to your faith. It means that according to what you've already established as true, you can have that. But what it does, listen, wisdom recognizes this is not all up to God. Because many Christians, I would say most Christians out there still think that miracles are up to God. They still think that me receiving a miracle depends on God getting in a good mood or, or, or satisfied with me or did it, did it work out in the scheme of his divine plan this month? Most Christians think it's up to God. We prayed and it didn't happen, so I guess the answer is no. We were hoping that God would be in a decent mood this month. We were hoping that we could convince God with our multitudes of praying we, we were thinking that maybe God, listen, wisdom understands this. It's not up to God. Amen. Miracles happening are not up to God. He's created a system. There's a law that he created called the law of faith. And that law of faith requires someone to trust and believe confidently and fully that he will answer them regarding the thing that they're praying about. Amen. That is the law. You must believe it fully. Well, I believe it. I wouldn't have prayed it if I didn't believe it. No, wisdom knows that's not right. Wisdom knows that it has to do with what you see in your heart as 100% true. You can get your cat healed. You can get your bank account filled. You can get your body pain-free. You can get some joy and peace in your life. You can overcome your depression. All of those can happen instantly. If you can find a truth that you can believe fully, according to what you believe fully, be it to you. According to the scripture that's in your heart that has lit your face up with joy, according to that, be it to you. So listen, according to your faith is the key to miracles. Faith, wisdom understands that faith is the trigger for miracles. Praise the Lord. And like I said already, wisdom knows that faith is the trigger and wisdom knows that I've pulled that trigger or not. And if you're against guns, sorry for the analogy. Paint, paintball gun. Think paintball gun. Still got to pull the trigger. Wisdom knows if you pulled it or not. Meaning in your life, while you're praying and seeking God, Spiritual wisdom helps you recognize, did I really connect in faith? 
or not. And if you didn't, just stay a little longer. Don't condemn yourself. Don't tuck your tail and stop. Don't give in to the devil. Don't blame it all on the devil. Don't fake it. Stay a little longer in the prayer time. Stay a little longer quoting scripture. Stay a little longer praying in tongues. And if somebody says, well, how long is it going to take you? Say, I don't care. I'll be back. (laughs) How long is it going to take? Wisdom knows it doesn't matter. Wisdom knows that, hey, if I'm willing to go forever, I won't be going long. Come on, these are elements of faith that wisdom says, you know what? That makes spiritual sense. When you read the Bible, you got to read it in the spirit. You got to read it with spiritual wisdom so that you can connect proper scriptures so you can understand some of the underlying elements that are not just on the surface. I mean, you can see that it's right there. So often Jesus said, okay, according to your faith, be it unto you. According to what you've believed, be it unto you. Go to Matthew 8. Verse five, when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him saying, Lord, my servant's lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I'll come healing. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another come, and he comes, and to another do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who believed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Now, for the full and complete revelation of this, you should have been here Sunday night with our men's meeting. Brother Mike taught us a great deal on it, but we didn't record it, so you missed out, but that's okay. So move on here. Verse 13, then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. As you have believed is what your life's going to look like. If your life looks like a mess, your believing is messy. If your car, I'm just, okay, I better not go there. If your car, <clears throat> go to Mark 5, Mark 5. Now, we've read these scriptures. We know these scriptures. I'm just trying to, you know, drive it home. Listen, come on. This is all real stuff. The power of God's real for you. Getting set free from demons that are harassing you is very real. Yeah, yeah. Getting healed instantly is very real. Getting healed gradually is very real. You know, we who understand the healing power of God get more miracles than those who don't. But we certainly don't get all the miracles we're looking for. And there's reasons why. So rather than throw it all out and get discouraged because, you know, things didn't work like you thought, wisdom says, wait a second, but it could work. It could work if I could do it better. It could work if I could believe right. All things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes. So when something didn't happen, it means they didn't believe. Wisdom is okay with that. Spiritual wisdom is okay. Spiritual wisdom sides with the word of God over your favorite person in this world. But my dad, he was the most spiritual person in the world. And and, and I was so mad at God because I know my dad had faith. All right, let me tear the page out of the Bible. Sorry about that. It didn't work for you. Okay, sorry about that. Didn't work for your dad. Sorry, let me just tear this page out. We'll tell Jesus that he made a mistake. Always side with the Bible, the Word of God, over experiences. Yeah, but I know that my grandma was, I know she was, I know she was, you don't know nothing. Only God knows what was in her heart. Oh no, they were confessing the Word and they were so confident. You don't know. Many times people do that trying to get in faith or trying to sound confident. We don't know, we don't know, we don't know. You're not going to know other people's cases. You'll never know the secret things that are in other people's hearts, even if you live with them. I remember in the early days of our church, we would have a couple things happen that it's like one of the precious, one of the precious mamas of the church uh, died. I mean, she had lived a pretty long life, but she died. And uh, everybody was a little bit concerned about, especially the Christians and her family until her son found a note that her mother had written. And it had all this stuff about 
I, I think I'm going to die soon. And so here's this and this, do this. I'm about to die. I'm not real. All this preparation for her dying. Nobody knew it. She didn't tell anybody. But secretly, deep down, she, she either knew she was going to die or had a fear of death. We don't know all the details. And nobody's condemning anybody. But we, wisdom is okay with looking at reasons. And if you've been thinking about death and scared of death and preparing for death, you're going to have to do some work to get that out of you. Listen, if you're up, upwards in age or younger in age, I used to tell my cousin, he, he had this testimony. He said, I'm probably going to die before I'm 35. And I learned the things of God. I'm like, I better get to him pretty quickly. He's still alive. He's 50 something. He's still alive. So either he made an adjustment uh, I, I don't know, but he's still alive, so praise the Lord. But even if you're young, don't be saying dumb stuff. And if you're getting upwards, don't be starting thinking about you know, how you're going to die and when you're going to die. Don't be thinking about death. Get that out of your consciousness. Those are killers of life. It'll, it'll kill your ambition. It'll kill your, your, your thrust in life. It'll cause fear. It'll, it'll, it'll turn you pessimistic. It'll turn you heathen. Really, it'll just turn you heathen. You, you'll be the, the saddest Christian in the family, preparing too much about your death. Be wise about it, but do it in faith. Do it in joy. Glory to God. Glory to God, I'm going to prepare my will. You need to prepare your will. Do it while you're well. Prepare your will while you're well. Do it in faith. Don't do it because you're scared of dying. Now, if you're scared of dying, still do it. Because the family needs some support here. Don't neglect duty in your life. But do stuff by faith and joy. Glory to God. Who's getting the car? <clears throat> if you're smart, you'll have some fun giving away your stuff before you die. Don't just save all your stuff in a closet. Give it away, enjoy the generosity. And if you'll give it while you're living, you'll get treasure in heaven. If, if all your inheritance is left after your death, you get no credit for any of it. Maybe you get a little credit, I don't know. We always say, man, you gotta live by faith, you gotta die by faith, you gotta live every day by faith and then when it's time for you to go, do it in faith. Don't be, don't be dying in fear. If you're, if you're scared of dying, you're not allowed to die. We want you to be faith people. We want you to, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. That means you live by faith all the way till the very last day. Mark chapter five, final scripture. Mark 5, verse 25, you know the, the passage here. A uh, certain woman had a flow of blood, issue of blood for 12 years, had suffered many things from many physicians. Uh, she spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And then finally, she decided maybe she ought to go to God. Doesn't say that, but that's basically what happened. She, just like people today, they try everything they can try, and that's fine if you want to. Uh, but then she finally decided, you know, I, nothing's working. I might as well go to God. When she heard about Jesus, she came in the press behind him or in the crowd behind him and touched his garment. For she said, if I, if, I only, if I only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Now that's pretty confident stuff. She must have heard that he was a miracle worker and she realized, you know what? I'm going, I'm getting it. Whatever I got to do, I'm getting it. I'm just, I'm going to fight in there and get that. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body, she was healed of that affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Notice it wasn't Jesus deciding to heal her. Wasn't God deciding to heal her. But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging, you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came, fell down before him, told him all the truth. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Notice that term again, your faith made you well. Okay, look up here. Your faith made, her faith made her well, even though you know that it said power went out of him. Virtue or power went out of him. 
So you know that God's power did the miracle, did the surgery, uh, and you know it was the Holy Spirit upon Jesus that gave that power. And, and you know God was Jesus and the Holy Ghost, so it was God who did it. And we know that Jesus was the Son of God. We know he did the miracle. Without him, there's no... But Jesus blamed the miracle, attributed the miracle to her faith. Like what made her well? Her, her faith did. What do you mean? Yeah, your faith makes you well. Your faith changes your circumstance. Your faith does it. Now, now we know that God does it, and we know that it's Jesus, and we know that. But he said it's your faith. Jesus has no problem saying your belief did it. Your belief can change your life. Your faith can change your finances. Your belief in your heart can change your attitude in your house. Oh God, please change my attitude. He won't, but you can. Your belief can change you. Oh God, please give me peace. Give me peace. Give me peace. I need peace. I need peace. I need. Your faith can get you some peace, but your desperate, whatever that is, not going to get you any. You see the difference between how some Christians have lived their life versus how the Bible truth can be wisely applied to actually get miracles? We need some miracle workers around here. Your family needs some miracle workers. We need miracle workers in the church here so that when somebody has a need, it's not just pray, 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 pray. Wisdom knows there's some other elements there. Wisdom knows, hmm... If we're going to see power, we better see faith. If we're going to get power here, we better see some faith somewhere. And if I don't see any faith in the person that's asking, I better feel it in my heart. Because faith is necessary. And if I don't have faith, there ain't going to be no miracle. Now, if you have to pray, pray, pray until the faith boils up, okay. If that's your MO, that's fine. Do that. But recognize the key to this thing is not your pray, 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 quote, 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 say everything you know to say. The key is that according to somebody's faith, there's about a miracle about to happen. Come on, wisdom is okay with this. Oh, well, you're saying that, it's, uh, that we have a part to play in this? Absolutely. Half the body of Christ would prefer it to be all God. And then somebody gets a miracle in some way and like, oh, just, just don't say it. it's all God. It was all God. It wasn't all God. It wasn't all God. Don't, don't be falsely humble. You pray for the sick and you say it was Jesus. No, tell them the truth. Faith did this. Faith in God did this. God's power touched you because faith in God was evident. You tell them the truth. In Acts chapter three, Peter and John went up to the temple at the hour of prayer and they walked past this beautiful gate and there was a beggar there. And he, and he looked up to them expecting to receive something from them. And Peter and John stretched out his hand and he said, in the name of the, in Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. The man didn't rise up and walk, so Peter stuck out his hand and lifted him up, and the man leaped up, walking and leaping and praising God. Everybody freaked out. Everybody came running. Peter preached a message. He said, faith. Don't, he said, don't look at us as that by our own power holiness, this man's walking. He said, it was faith. Faith in the power of God has made this man walk. He, he said, faith in the power of God has made this man walk. He did not say, God has done it, everybody give God glory. God got the glory, made it into the Bible. We know God did it. We know it's all about Jesus. He's the one to lift up. But let's attribute the miracle to faith. Peter knew, say that it was faith in the name that did it. Don't just act like it was this nebulous, well, God did it somehow. No, it was faith in God. Come on, all of you in here have faith in God. That is the answer. You have full faith in God for something, you'll get your miracle. Don't think, I got faith, but I don't know. No, if you have faith, you know. This stuff pleases God when you do it right. Now, after it's done, don't, don't get all high and mighty about your own self, sure. 
We'll give God glory, but at the same time, know what's doing it. When you're up here getting prayed for, it's not us trying to coax God with your tears or your, uh, it's, it's faith. So come up to get prayed for by faith. Pray for people only by faith. And if you don't have faith to, to pray for somebody, then say, hold on just a second. You stand there, hold on. I'm gonna get some faith. I'm gonna come back and get you fixed. Just wait, just wait. That's more effective than you acting empathetic. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is that Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life, and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.